This is Matthew Cratter from Bitcoin University. And today I wanted to talk about why Bitcoin is crashing, even though we've had these new spot Bitcoin ETFs come out. And supposedly we've had these large inflows into Bitcoin, and yet Bitcoin is down quite sharply since the launch of the ETFs. It's not down that sharply when you look at the, the big picture, of course. It's down to levels that it last saw about seven weeks ago. So this is not exactly a disaster, but it does give new holders a taste of Bitcoin's volatility. Some of it, some of the selling is of course driven by this guy. Ship corners ruin everything, and this guy is no exception. So there's been a lot of selling of GBTC, uh, the new converted ETF. And it's been selling that's been done by the FTX estate, the bankruptcy estate that was holding this GBTC. They've sold over a billion dollars worth of it, taking their position down to zero. According to Coindesk, they sold 22 million shares of GBTC. This was the bankruptcy estate selling it. And the conversion rate is approximately this. So if I did the math right, that's approximately 1920 thousand Bitcoin equivalent sold by the FTX estate. I'm getting that conversion number from the Grayscale ETF page here. If we look at the total inflows and outflows, we can see the different ETFs up here. Here's the BlackRock ETF, the Fidelity, Bitwise, etc. Grayscale is over here, GBTC, which used to be essentially a closed-end fund, functioned as a closed-end fund, even though it's a trust. And since it's been converted to an ETF, the holders finally have some liquidity. And so they've been selling. We can see that every single day, the GBTC has been selling Bitcoin in order to provide fiat redemptions for its holders. And it sold a total of 82,000, a little more than 82,000 Bitcoin. And when you combine that with all the buying from the other ETFs, which is something like, call it 90,000, the net buying of Bitcoin by the ETFs has only been 11, 12,000 Bitcoin. So approximately 94,000 Bitcoin bought by the new ETFs, not counting GBTC, 82,000 BTC sold by GBTC to meet these redemptions. That means on net, only about 11,927 Bitcoin net have been bought. That's approximately $647 million worth of net inflows to BTC from all the ETFs. So it's not the billions and billions of dollars that we've been hearing because basically GBTC has been uh, selling while the other ones have been buying. If you're enjoying this video so far, I just ask you to hit the subscribe button. That really helps out this channel's reach. Hit the like button. Also leave a comment and share this video with a friend or family member. If we want to look at the same flow numbers in terms of US dollars, in terms of millions, GBTC has sold approximately or lost approximately $3.4 billion worth of assets under management. And the total inflows into Bitcoin, when you net out the GBTC outflows and then the other ETF inflows, is $647-648 million. That's where I got that number from. Investors may also be selling GBTC due to its much higher management fees. But they need to do this calculation and calculate which is worse. So for example, GBTC used to charge a 2% management fee. They've lowered that to 1.5% management fee, which is still outrageous, especially when you compare it to the other new ETFs, for example, 0.25% for BlackRock. So this is a big difference, 1.25% per year. But holders of GBTC have to do this calculation. Do they just grin and bear it and pay that extra 1.25% management fee or do they take the tax hit? So there's a 20% long-term capital gains tax in the US, 
plus 3.8% uh, for high earners, plus any state capital gains taxes that you may have if you live in certain states. So that's a very big tax hit to take if you sell GBTC. So for many people, it may make sense just to hold on to their GBTC shares if they've been holding on already. And this may be the calculation that Grayscale is making. They're just trying to maximize transaction. I'm sorry, they're trying to maximize management fees. And so they don't care if uh, management assets under management shrink as long as their net revenues stay high because of a very high management fee. And it's ironic though, because as the price of BTC falls, this potential capital gains tax liability actually shrinks as the capital gains evaporate. And so part of what is probably happening is as Bitcoin's price falls, this means that this trade-off gets a little bit better and encourages even more GBTC investors to sell, and then they can reallocate their capital back into Bitcoin in another form or just keep it in fiat. Here's an open question about tax loss harvesting that I don't have a good, a perfectly good answer to. Maybe some of the tax professionals who are watching this channel would have an answer, in which case drop it in the comment section below. But if you sold GBTC to take a tax loss in January of 2024, in the last week or so, you need to wait 30 days, as I understand it, to repurchase GBTC. Does the same 30-day waiting period apply if you want to repurchase the other Bitcoin ETFs or BTC itself, the underlying asset? And then there's a the question, of course, if you exited GBTC with a gain, there is no need to wait for this 30-day period. Also, if you sold GBTC in a tax-free or tax-deferred retirement account, there's no requirement to wait 30 days, all of which is to say that we may see some marginal buying pressure in approximately 30 days from people repurchasing BTC or BTC ETF, or, or possibly even Grayscale, though that doesn't make a whole lot of sense given the management fee. What also may be happening is we may be seeing the, the remainder of this GBTC premium arbitrage trade also being unwound. And so the way this worked, this was really responsible for much of the crypto blow up in 2021 and 2022. GBTC back in its old form as a closed end fund or trust, it always traded above the underlying net asset value. And so there was this trade that got a lot of people in trouble. For example, you buy 100 Bitcoin, you give it to Grayscale. At the same time, you sell short 100 Bitcoin, either using the spot or the futures. And then after six months, you can get your GBTC shares from, from Grayscale. They'll be unlocked and you can sell them on the market. And then you simultaneously cover your short BTC position. And the reason this works, it only works when GBTC is trading above net asset value. And when it started trading below net asset value, that's when, when many of the blowups happened. That's when Three Arrows Capital imploded, which caused this daisy chain of bankruptcies going through Genesis and BlockFi and Gemini, etc. Uh, Three Arrows Capital was, of course, the hedge fund that was providing a lot of this trade in the yield to Gemini and BlockFi and Genesis, etc. So this would only, this unwind of this ARB trade would really only have a negative effect on Bitcoin's price if that short Bitcoin piece, in other words, the hedge, this where you sell short the Bitcoin, if that was already covered weeks or months ago, and then just the leftover GBTC collateral is being dumped now. GBTC ended up as collateral for a lot of these companies. For example, I believe DCG, Digital Currency Group, which is the parent company, gave some GBTC to Genesis, the child company, to pay off short-term loans, as we see here. So we still may see some GBTC collateral 
continue to be dumped by institutional investors. The other news that may be contributing to the selling pressure is we may finally be seeing the distribution of Bitcoin to people who got their Bitcoin trapped on Mt. Gox. The rumors of the Mt. Gox trustee is getting ready to send Bitcoin to creditors, 142,000 Bitcoin. And so that may be, this is always something that sort of panics the markets. I would say though that many Mt. Gox creditors have already sold their claims. So in other words, investors or people who had accounts on Mt. Gox, they may have already sold their claims on their future coming Mt. Gox Bitcoin to hedge funds and other institutional investors who probably hedge their price exposure. So for example, you could buy these Bitcoin claims at 10 or 20 or 50 cents on the dollar. And then what you do is you would short Bitcoin or Bitcoin futures against it and you basically play that convergence. So some of this may be priced in. I don't think we're gonna see a huge dump like this. And many people who have held this long may continue to hold. But this kind of news always spooks the market as well. As we talked about many times on this channel, price is always set by the marginal buyer and seller. And so if the marginal seller gets more aggressive, for example, like the FTX estate was legally obligated to sell their GPT shares and probably share sell them pretty quickly. If the marginal seller gets more aggressive than the marginal buyer, then prices will adjust downwards. So I would say for now, just be grateful for this temporary chance to accumulate cheap sats. It looked for a while there in the first day or so that the Bitcoin, that Bitcoin's price was just going to take off because of the ETF. But fortunately for us stackers, we've had a reprieve and we have this temporary moment to stack some cheap sats before the coming halving. Really nothing has changed. So you should continue to dollar cost average, I think. At least that's what I'm doing. You should huddle on and the Bitcoin halving itself will be here soon. It looks like we're tracking for somewhere between April 19th and April 22nd. I'm personally hoping for 420. I think that would have uh, some serious meme value if that's when the halving took place. And it looks like that's actually a possibility at this point. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to hit that subscribe and the like buttons. Hit the notification bell if you wanna be notified when I publish my next video. And let me know your questions and comments in the comment section below. Thanks a lot for watching and I'll see you in the next video.